And welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, your hostess with the Gnosis, and I cannot believe that it is August already. This year is absolutely flying by, and it's been insane. Um, Some of you may have just recently celebrated the first harvest of the year, sometimes referred to as either Lunasa or Lamas. And if so, I hope it was everything that you hoped it would be. I spent the day mostly tending to domestic things, cleaning, organizing, cleansing, and clearing, uh, and I did some gratitude work, and um, I made up a nice little feast, which included two loaves of fresh-baked sun bread from the last episode, uh, which turned out absolutely delicious, and I actually remembered to share (laughs) not only the recipes on the website, but the pictures of the finished bread up on the Instagram and Facebook. Um, It was really, really good. I really enjoy that recipe. I'm going to be adding it to my catalog of recipes of the year. So, um, but two loaves is way too much for just two people. So I will be offering the rest to the creatures and land spirits this weekend and some chickens too. So we also on the same day had the first of two full supermoons this month. Tuesdays being the Sturgeon Supermoon in Aquarius. And if you missed this one, don't worry, because we have a blue moon coming up later this month, which will also be the largest supermoon appearing, meaning it's going to be the closest supermoon of 2023. That's going to be a good one. I'm also really looking forward to another Anahata's Purpose. For those of you who might not know, Anahata's Purpose is a wellness festival retreat that takes place every year at the beginning of September. This year, it will be held from Thursday, September 7th through Sunday, September 10th. And it brings together meaningful workshops led by amazing facilitators from all over the country and incredible music performances nightly. Plus, there's great food and a wonderful community of people who are dedicated to maintaining a safe, compassionate, and supportive space. The Purpose hosts classes, workshops, camp activities, movement classes, and entertainment sets like no other. And I myself will be teaching a workshop on not magic and how to make a witch's ladder, as well as teaming up with Tabitha Gemini from the podcast Two Geminis and a Leo to teach another workshop on protection magic and wards. Really, really looking forward to these workshops. I am extremely excited for this year, and the retreat is now less than 40 days away. So head over to anahataspurpose.com to check it out. I believe lodging, cabin, and camping tickets are still available, but possibly not for long, as well as day passes if you just want to dip your toes in rather than take a swan dive. Anahata's Purpose is taking place in Spring City, Pennsylvania at the beautiful grounds of Inaba Camp and Retreat Center. And all the other details you may need are over at anahataspurpose.com. I very highly recommend this one. Okay, but as for today, we are returning to Fortune and Flora and the Fool's epic journey through the Major Arcana and coming up to none other than death. I truly love this one, and because I love it so much, I've decided to read a couple pages directly from The Fool's Journey Through the Major Arcana by Noel Eastwood. As I've described in the past, this particular book, which is book one in a five-part series, tells the story of the fool, who in the story is called Fallen, 
who leaves his home on the countryside of Mystic Isle and travels to a foreign land and journeys through a forest where he encounters as well as learns to embody each of the figures in the Major Arcana. So, since we last discussed this journey, the fool, or fallen, learned to become the hanged man and experienced, processed, and learned the lessons of surrender, waiting, and patience, release, sacrifice, and the gaining of new perspectives through these things. So, I will pick up right as he begins his journey again and encounters this new mysterious figure. This time of reflection showed him a new way of looking at problems. Insights came to him in connection with issues that had plagued him for years. Then it came to him. Meditation in contemplation required flexibility. Sometimes a novel technique could reveal answers to difficult queries. Sometimes sacrificing the comfort of beliefs or habits is necessary to arrive at a new perspective. The hanged man posture opened up new ways for him to explore his inner and outer world issues. When he opened his eyes, he found himself upside down, hanging by his feet, held firm by a thick branch. His belongings lay scattered on the ground beneath him. Fallen did not even care. He felt wonderfully refreshed. Fallen knew he could not stay this way. He needed to move on. This experience of the hanged man had filled him with energy and inspiration. With a chuckle, he righted himself, freed his feet, jumped down to the tree, packed his belongings, including the dagger that had slipped from his waist, and continued on into the sun-dappled forest. Over several days, there developed a deep sense of dread in the forest. Although there were no leaves on the trees, Fallen could no longer see the sky. A thick, cloying mist grew as he walked deeper among the decaying skeletal trees. Through the mist, he could just make out a figure in the distance. It was someone riding a horse, the diffuse light of the morning sun behind him. Fallen, with his newfound strength of will, centered and edged cautiously closer. He was shocked to see that it was a skeleton in a black suit of armor. Only in his worst nightmares had he seen anything like this one. Death looked intently into Fallen's eyes, and at that moment Fallen realized that his old life was ended. He could not go back to undo the mistakes of his past, nor bring back the things and people he had lost. As he recognized this truth, an immense sense of dread filled his being. Death leaned from his horse and reached out his hand. One skeletal finger lifted Fallen's quaking chin so that he had to look directly into Death's eyes. Fallen heard a voice inside his head. It was the voice of death. Fallen closed his eyes and saw a succession of images as death began to chant. A universe born, stars form, galaxies spin, collide, stars shine, brightly die, supernova explode, soul ignites, earth forms, spins, night, day, we shine, day, a thousand deaths in a lifetime. Love flames, dies, daylight brings life, hope, moonlight, dreams, a foreboding of endless night, what dies lives, what lives dies. Fallen forced himself to pull away from death's vile grip. When he did, he was amazed to see just an old man on a skinny horse. Compared with the immensity he had just seen, what was there to fear now? In death's imagery, Fallen saw that life was a series of cycles within cycles. They all led from endings to new beginnings. To move forward, one must leave something behind. 
What goes around comes around, he recalled the Empress saying so long ago. The Death Rider looked down at the youth. His jaw moved as though he were speaking, but his voice was once more inside Fallen's head. Remember that existence is a series of cycles of birth, death, and rebirth. This is also the cycle of reincarnation. Sometimes I am called to terminate a dead-end project, a useless relationship, or to end a person's emotional episode of grief or sadness. Sometimes an ending is a great relief, especially to someone who is suffering. That suffering could be a failing romance, a one-way relationship, an illness, or a failed business relationship. Embrace death. Do not fear it. Fallen was sure he had heard the Empress mention that death was a reminder that nothing stays the same. It initiates change, a transformation, like the caterpillar transforming into a butterfly after a period of stasis. Death released the youth's mind and continued on his way, gathering his crop of newly dead to be recycled back to new beginnings. The morning brightened as the sun appeared out of the gloom. Fallen, however, remained somewhat disturbed. The stench of death still lingered in and around him. He needed cleansing, a healing, to clear his mind and his heart. He was in need of a new beginning of his own. And that is that entire section, and from there he will move on to temperance, which is exactly what he is in need of right now. But I loved that portion of the story explaining how absolutely terrifying death appeared at first, and then once he understood its purpose in the cycle of existence, it became just an old man on a skinny horse doing his duty. I just love that. So I wanted to share it. Uh, and now let's talk about the death card. But before we dive into the interpretations of the death card, let's examine that card itself as seen through um, some of the classic Rider Waite Smith descriptions, uh, depictions. Um, there it is. <laughs> lost the card. All right, let's examine that card itself as seen through classic Rider-Waite-Smith systems and those like it. So the death card is one of the most powerful and misunderstood cards in the tarot deck. Its imagery can be intense and often evokes fear due to its name, but it is essential to understand that the death card does not represent physical death. Instead, it symbolizes transformation, change, and rebirth. And here are the major elements of symbolism that can be found on this particular card. The skeleton or the grim reaper with the reaping scythe in hand. Death is usually depicted as a disquieting and fearsome skeleton in a suit of armor or that of the hooded grim reaper. The skeleton represents the essence of life devoid of physical form. The Grim Reaper personifies death as a universal force, a reminder of mortality and the inevitability of change. His armor is an indication of his invincibility, while the white horse that he is commonly seen riding upon serves as a symbol of innocence and purity. We're also reminded of the four horsemen, as death, the final horseman, rides upon a white horse. Also, we have a white rose emblazoned on a black flag. In some decks, you will see death carrying a black flag that bears a white rose in its center. This can be a representation of the dual nature of existence, as the white rose symbolizes purity, spirituality, and new beginnings, as well as immortality and the light of transformation. While the black background can represent the end of a phase, mourning, 
and the inevitable passing of time. It is also said to symbolize the contrast between day and night and the endless cycle of death and rebirth. Some other elements that can be seen are a bishop, a king, and a peasant. Some death cards depict individuals from different social classes, such as a bishop, a king, and a peasant, all lying at the feet of the white horse, typically shown as having met their end. This represents the idea that death is impartial and comes to us all, regardless of our status or our wealth. It emphasizes the universal nature of change and transformation. Also, the setting sun. The setting sun seen in the background of the death card signifies the transition between day and night and life and death, the end of a cycle or chapter, though we know that the same sun will rise again, bringing with it a new beginning and the promise of rebirth. There's also typically shown a flowing river in the background as well. This is said to symbolize the flow of life and emotions, but it also suggests that change is a natural part of life's journey and has been said to suggest the path to the underworld or the afterlife, evocative of the river Styx, which stands at the border between our earthly plane and the life hereafter. And finally, in some cards, you may see mountains or a bridge. Mountains and bridges are sometimes depicted in the background of the death card because they represent the challenges, well, mountains anyway, mountains represent the challenges and obstacles that one must face on their journey, while bridges symbolize transitions and connections between different phases of life. So overall, the death card is a potent symbol of transformation and change, urging the querent to embrace the cycles of life and to let go of what no longer serves them. It reminds us that change is inevitable and that from the ashes of what passes away, new and better things can emerge. The death card encourages us to welcome change and view it as an opportunity for growth, renewal, and transformation in our life journey. From the Pictorial Key to the Tarot by A.E. Waite, 1911. The veil or mask of life is perpetuated in change, transformation, and passage from lower to higher. The mystic rose, which signifies life, the natural transit of man to the next stage of his being, either is or may be one form of his progress. But the exotic and almost unknown entrance while still in this life into the state of mystical death is a change in the form of consciousness and the passage into a state to which ordinary death is neither the path nor the gate. The existing occult explanations of the 13th card are on the whole better than usual, rebirth, creation, destination, renewal, and the rest. So, the number 13. In numerology, the number 13 is considered a karmic number and is often associated with transformation, upheaval, and spiritual growth. It's a unique number that carries both positive and negative aspects, and its meaning can be very dependent on how it manifests in a person's life or in different contexts. So let's explore some of the primary meanings and symbolisms of the number 13 in numerology, as death is the 13th card in the major arcana. So one of the first major themes is transformation and change. Just like the death card, the number 13 represents the end of one cycle or phase and the beginning of another. It signifies that change is inevitable 
And to grow and evolve, we must be willing to let go of the old and embrace the new. Another theme is, of course, endings and rebirth. 13 is often seen as the number of death and rebirth, symbolizing the cyclical nature of life. It indicates that certain aspects of your life are coming to an end, but this creates the space that is necessary for new opportunities and a fresh start to come in. Life Lessons and Consequences The number 13 is associated with life lessons and suggests that you may be facing challenges or experiencing significant life events as a result of past actions or decisions. These challenges are opportunities for growth and learning, and embracing them can lead to personal development and spiritual enlightenment. Another theme is spiritual growth and intuition. These are kind of flowing into each other. 13 is connected to spiritual growth and heightened intuition because it encourages you to trust your instincts and the inner wisdom as you navigate through periods of transformation and change. Embracing your spiritual path can lead to a deeper understanding of life's mysteries, as many of us learn on this journey in our spirituality. Another theme is an unconventional path. Linked to the unconventional and non-traditional paths in numerology, the number 13 may suggest that you are being called to follow a unique and individualistic journey that may not align with societal norms. Embrace your authenticity and have the courage to walk your own path. Another theme is resilience and endurance. The number 13 can bring challenges and upheavals, but it also signifies resilience and endurance, indicating that you have the strength and inner resources to overcome obstacles and emerge stronger from difficult situations. Magical and mystical themes are intertwined with the number 13 in various cultures and belief systems, actually. It has been associated with ancient wisdom, esoteric knowledge, and hidden truths. Embracing the spiritual aspects of this number can lead to a deeper connection with the divine as well as with the universe. Number 13 also represents cycles and renewal. It can stand for the completion of one cycle and the initiation of a new one. Remember, 12 is considered a complete number. So as 13 comes in, we do look to a new start. And it reminds us that life is a continuous series of cycles, and each ending brings the potential for renewal and growth. And finally, balance and transformation. So number 13 is often seen as the combination, or literally is seen as the combination of the numbers 1 and 3. Number one represents individuality and leadership, while number three symbolizes creativity and communication. Together, they indicate the need for balance and alignment between your personal desires and your higher spiritual purpose as you go through transformations in life. To sum it up, 13 in numerology is a powerful and transformative number, and it's associated with change, spiritual growth, and life lessons. It encourages you to embrace change, to trust your intuition, and see challenges as opportunities for growth and renewal. While it may bring ups and downs, it also carries the potential for profound spiritual insights and personal development. So back to the death card. The death card is ruled by the planet Pluto, the element of water, and the zodiac sign of Scorpio. 
Pluto symbolizes regeneration, transformation, and rebirth. Even if it does not look like it, things get done with Pluto. A new approach and a new perspective is what the planet Pluto is all about, following endings, of course. And it helps an individual look at things differently, and transform or evolve their views, and emerge with new outlooks in life. Water is often thought of as the most essential of the elements for sustaining life. Humans, of course, and all animals cannot live without it. And of course, it is said that all life came from water. Water is life. Water is the cleansing, healing, psychic, emotional, and visionary element, transformative, with just as much ability to destroy as it does to heal and bring about new life. And Scorpio is the fixed water sign and carries the attributes of loyalty and devotion and also passion. In fact, they are known to have such intense personalities that they're often confused with vibrant fire signs. But they have deep feelings and emotions and can be very wise and purposeful if they can grow out of the shadow aspects specific to their sign, like brooding, jealousy, obstinacy, and a domineering nature. Every sign has shadow aspects that they must work through and grow from or shed, which can be helped with the energy of the death card. And some key words that are meant to be evoked by this card include endings, mortality, profound change, letting go of emotional attachments, severing ties, the end of an era or cycle, failure or loss, but with the promise of a new opportunity or chapter, and in some cases, transformation, renewal, rebirth, and the breaking of old habits. So finally, let's go over some elements of interpretation for the death card, which, like I've said, is one of the most misunderstood cards in the tarot deck, often evoking fear and negative connotations due to its name and the imagery on the card. However, it only signifies the end of one phase or cycle and the beginning of another. So let's explore its interpretation in depth. Uh, one of the first of the major themes, and this is going to be very similar to what I just went through with the number 13, but one of the first of the major themes of the death card is transformation and change. At its core, the death card is all about transformation and change and indicates that a significant transformation is underway or needed in your life. It might feel like an ending, but it also has an opportunity to let go of the old and then make way for the new which leads us to the theme of endings and beginnings. The death card signals the end of a phase, situation, relationship, or a way of life that is no longer serving you, and it can be challenging to let go of what's familiar, but it also paves the way for new opportunities and beginnings. Another major theme, something that's necessary when experiencing a death card uh, situation, is acceptance and surrender. This card urges you to accept the change as a natural part of life and that resisting change can lead to stagnation and unhappiness. Embracing change and surrendering to the natural flow of life can lead to personal growth and evolution, on the other hand. Another major theme is release and transformational growth. These, again, are all flowing into each other. In order to grow and evolve, it is often necessary to release old patterns, beliefs, or attachments that no longer serve your higher purpose. And the death card encourages you to let go of what is holding you back so that you can make room for the positive growth and transformation that is trying to get in. <laughs> um, 
The phoenix rising from the ashes is a symbol that is very evocative of the death card, or the death card could be evocative of the phoenix. It is akin to the mythological phoenix rising from its ashes, symbolizing that through the process of letting go and embracing change, you can experience a spiritual rebirth, a renewed energy, and a fresh start coming out as something even more amazing than what you went in as. Uh, another important theme is natural cycles. Just as the seasons change and life goes through cycles of birth, growth, death, and rebirth, our lives also follow natural cycles. The death card reminds us that change is an integral part of life, and every ending creates the potential for a new beginning. Another theme is fear and transformation. The appearance of the death card may represent a fear of change and an unwillingness to let go. It serves as a gentle nudge to face those fears and embrace the transformative process rather than resist it. And then finally, letting go of the past. Because in some interpretations, death can signify the need to heal and move on from past traumas or negative experiences. It encourages you to release emotional baggage and approach life with a fresh perspective. So in wrapping up with the death card, the major takeaway is transformation, change, and new beginnings. It encourages you to let go of the old, embrace change, and welcome the opportunity for personal growth and renewal. In fact, if you think back to the fool, in learning to see the world or their situation from a new perspective and releasing or surrendering the grip on what no longer serves, which is what happened with the hanged man, he does indeed go through this death transformation, which will lead him to a new beginning and the need for the gentle integration and balance that comes with the next card, which is temperance, which we'll get to. So instead of fearing the death card, see it as a beautiful reminder of life's cyclical nature and the potential for positive transformation in your life. Remember, every ending brings the possibility of a new and brighter chapter in your journey. And with that, let's talk about what is known by some as the tree of death. Cyprus, from theartofmourning.com. Cypressus sempervirens, or the graveyard cypress, is one of the oldest classical mourning symbols used in Western and Eastern societies, and its importance and longevity are just as timeless as the tree itself. Known as the mourning tree by the Greeks and the Romans, the tree was sacred to the fates and furies, as well as the rulers of the underworld. The tree would be planted on a grave in front of the house or vestibule as a warning against outsiders entering a place corrupted by a dead body. Romans would carry branches of cypress as a sign of respect, and bodies of the respected were placed upon cypress branches previous to interment. It is such for reasons as this that the tree still survives in the Muslim world and in Western culture. The cypress designates hope as the tree points to the heavens. Here, there is a great continuity of usage for the tree, as despite its cultural interchange, it still remains understood for the same purposes in death. The cypress is an evergreen tree native to the Mediterranean region, and it has been used for medicinal purposes throughout history and continues to be used in modern herbalism. 
Its therapeutic properties come from various parts of the tree, including the leaves, cones, and its essential oils. Here's a quick overview of the medicinal use of cypress in both historical and modern contexts. So historically, it's been used as an astringent and has hemostatic properties. In ancient times, cypress was valued for its astringent properties, and the ancient Greeks and Romans used cypress leaves and cones to treat various wounds and stop bleeding. Its astringent properties helped to contract and tighten tissues, promoting wound healing and reducing bleeding. It was also utilized for respiratory conditions. The ancient Egyptians used cypress oil as an inhalation to ease respiratory discomfort and congestion, and it was also used in traditional medicine to relieve coughs and support respiratory health. Cypress was considered a sacred tree in various cultures, including ancient Egypt and Greece, and its wood and essential oil were used in embalming practices due to its ability to preserve and its pleasant aroma. It was also used in funeral rites to purify the air and provide emotional support during mourning. And the aroma of cypress was believed to have calming and soothing effects on the mind and emotions. It it was used in ancient aromatherapy to relieve stress, anxiety, and promote a sense of grounding and emotional stability. Now, modern-day medicinal uses include still aromatherapy, Cypress essential oil is still used to promote emotional well-being, reduce stress, and create a calming environment. Its fresh and woody scent is often used in diffusers or added to massage oils and baths. It's also still used as a respiratory support, and it may be found in herbal remedies and chest rubs to relieve congestion, coughs, and other respiratory discomforts. It's also implemented in the support of circulatory health, considered beneficial for circulatory health and believed to strengthen blood vessels and support healthy blood circulation. As a result, it may be used to alleviate varicose veins and reduce swelling in legs. Uh, Some topical applications, because of its astringent properties, lead to it being used in creams, lotions, and ointments for its skin-tightening effects and to help manage skin conditions like acne or oily skin. And because of its decongestion and antiseptic properties, uh, it's also still used by some for minor wounds and skin irritations. Now, it's very important to note that as with all herbal remedies, it is essential to consult a qualified healthcare professional or herbalist before using cypress or any other herb for medicinal purposes. Cypress essential oil should be used with caution and diluted properly as it can cause skin irritation in some individuals always dilute your essential oils. Uh, And in conclusion, Cypress has a long history of medicinal use dating back to ancient civilizations. And in modern herbalism and aromatherapy, it is still valued for its therapeutic properties, including respiratory support, emotional balance, and astringent effects. So what about witchcraft, folklore, and folk practices? That's what we're here for, right? (laughs) Cyprus has a very rich history in witchcraft folklore and folk practices, where it has been regarded as a sacred and mystical tree. Its associations with death, transformation, protection, and spiritual communication have made it a prominent ingredient in various rituals and customs. Today, it continues to be cherished by modern practitioners seeking to connect with the sacred and magical aspects of the revered tree, and is especially known for its powers of longevity healing, comfort, and protection. 
So let's discuss the use of Cyprus in witchcraft, folklore, and folk practices, both historically and in modern day. The ancient Minoans worshipped Cyprus as a divine symbol and spread the cult from the Isle of Cyprus, which derived its name from the tree, to Crete. The wood from the Cyprus was also used to make coffins in ancient Egypt, as well as furniture and artifacts that would be associated with tombs. In ancient cultures, Cyprus was considered a symbol of mourning and was often planted in cemeteries and near tombs. It was associated with the realm of the dead and was used in funeral rites to purify the air and protect the departed souls. Cyprus was also believed to possess protective qualities. It was used to guard against negative energies, evil spirits, and malevolent forces. And it was also burned as incense during cleansing and purification rituals to clear space and remove negative influences. Uh, it was seen as a conduit between the physical and the spiritual realms. It was believed to enhance psychic abilities and aid in communication with ancestors, spirits, and deities. And cypress branches were often sometimes used as tools for dousing and divination. Also, the aromatic properties of cypress were thought to provide emotional support. It was used in aromatherapy to ease grief, anxiety, stress, all of these making it useful in healing rituals and spells focused on emotional well-being. And it was even used to make magical brooms and besoms. Cypress wood was traditionally used to make these brooms and besoms, which were used to sweep away negative energy and to ritually cleanse and consecrate spaces for rituals. So how does all this translate into modern times? Um, very much this in the same way. It is still used for ancestral work, continuing to be associated with communication with the spirit world. And it is used in rituals and spells to honor ancestors, seek their guidance, and connect with their wisdom. It is still used for protection and banishing. Uh, Cyprus is utilized in protective spells and rituals to create a shield against negative influences and to banish unwanted energies from a space or an individual. It is powerfully protective of the home when grown nearby, and its bows are used for protection and home blessings. It is still used for mourning and grief. In contemporary practices, Cyprus is still considered the tree of mourning and is used in rituals and spells to support individuals dealing with grief and loss. It is said to be able to help ease the mind if worn or carried to funerals. And it is also said that if you throw a sprig of cypress into a grave of someone who has passed, then you will bless them with luck and love in the hereafter. Today, it is also used for divination and psychic work. Cypress is employed by modern practitioners of the craft to enhance intuition, psychic abilities, and divination practices. Its presence may aid in focusing and strengthening one's connection to the spiritual realm, and it is still used for purification and cleansing. Cypress essential oil or incense is used for cleansing and purifying spaces or objects in modern witchcraft rituals and is often a part of rituals performed before significant magical workings or during sabbats and espits. It is used to foster a connection with nature spirits as some practitioners incorporate it into their practices to connect with the spirits of the land and trees where they live. And yet, it is still seen as a symbol of eternity and immortality. The wood sometimes carried with the intention of lengthening life or vitality. 
So it is important to note that the specific practices and beliefs surrounding Cyprus can vary among different cultures and traditions within witchcraft and pagan communities. As with any spiritual or magical practice, respect for the plant's properties and sustainable harvesting methods are crucial. So Cyprus is ruled by the planet of Saturn, the element of Earth, and is sacred to deities and spirits such as Mithras, Pluto, Aphrodite, Astaroth, Artemis, Apollo, Cupid, Jupiter, Hecate, Hebe, and Zoroaster. And that's about all I have for this amazing tree called Cyprus. But before I leave you, I want to do another reading. Yes, I am doing two. Before I leave you, I want to do a quick mythology reading on the Cyprus from Folklore and Symbolism of Flowers, Plants, and Trees by Ernst and Joanna Lenner. All right, the Cyprus. The evergreen cypress tree native to the Himalaya mountains was introduced into the Mediterranean region by the Phoenicians who in 1100 BC colonized the Isle of Cyprus, which derived its name from that tree. The Greek poet Ovid, 34 BC to 17 AD, tells a mythological legend about the youth Cyparasus, son of Thelephus of Sia, a special friend of Apollo. One day, Cyparasus killed by accident a mighty stag, a favorite of Apollo, held sacred by the Dictian nymphs. The youth suffered such agony and remorse for what he had done that he begged the gods to let his grief endure forever. In answer to his prayers, the gods turned him into the cypress tree. The tree became the symbol of the immortal soul and eternal death. In Greek and Roman mythology, the cypress was the emblem of the gods of the underworld, the fates, and the furies. Its wood was used for Egyptian mummy cases and coffins for Greek heroes because of its proverbial durability and also because it is not liable to the attacks of insects. Cypresses were planted around cemeteries and at the head of graves. Its branches were carried by mourners at funerals as a symbol of irrevocable death because the cypress tree, once cut, will never flourish and grow again. To the Western mind, it is a peculiar thought that the cypress tree is a symbol of grace and joy in its native far east. All right. Also, if you haven't gotten your tickets for Anahata's Purpose yet, hop on over to anahataspurpose.com to see what's still available in lodging cabins and camping options. But that is all that I have for you today. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you're listening. If you'd like some more content, please go to aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, the living grimoire, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between each word over on threads under the same exact handle. Or you can like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash A is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. 
And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join the community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash A is for Agrimony, where I share early release unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, occasional bonus content, and more to come. Again, thank you for listening, be well, and have an amazing weekend.